0: Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast.
1: That is the one and only Stephen A. Smith, and we need one and only one name to answer our poll question today. It's getting a ton of traction on social media. The guys have been hot on it. All of our guests have been talking about it. It's simply this, as we welcome you into Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. In 10 minutes, 12 gauge.
2: Cardale Jones is
1: in the house. So here's the question. Hey, he gave he that nickname to games. himself. I was like, yeah, what? I had to hold up for was like, whoa. I was trying road, to make man. it through
2: the damn week. What the <laughs> yeah, you
0: know, I, I what? thought you hasn't been that bad. something up. Dude, too many things <laughs>
1: happening in this country in 2020. Show hasn't been that bad. And there's easier ways to go. Okay, all right, here we go. So here's the question for you this morning. Jeez. Next guy. That is the best chance to win the Super Bowl this season. Second Super Bowl. We know Rodgers has won one in the NFC. In the NFC, NFC. We in know the NFC correct. Breeze has won one in the NFC. We know Wilson has won one in the NFC. So the question is of those three NFC quarterbacks I just mentioned, Rodgers, Breeze, Wilson, all with one Lombardi trophy in the back pocket, who's the most likely to win their second Super Bowl this season? This isn't a Drew Brees is old, five years down the line, Wilson will be in the league, Breeze will be out. This season, Second Super Bowl this season, best chance, key, A-Rod, Drew Brees, or Mr. Unlimited?
3: Oh, I would say it's Drew Brees. When you when you look at his rest that he's gotten, complaints were made about his strength in, in his arm beginning of the season. He's rested now. He comes back a couple games from now. Taysom Hill holds it together, getting ready for the playoffs. They get the home field advantage. They're, 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 now you're only two games to the Super Bowl. Uh... You look at the defense is playing kind of like lights out, like they played when they won the Super Bowl a long time ago. So I, I think it's Drew Brees, but Aaron Rodgers is there. You you can't argue with the the goat. I mean, he's like great. Uh, Russell Wilson has to clean some stuff up, got to figure some things out. Um, you know, those three guys I would say, and then obviously there'll be a few people that say Tommy because they're still living at, in New England. But I, I think that. Those are the three with Breeze being the head of
0: the three. I don't think Russ is in the conversation. I think it's between Breeze and Aaron Rodgers. I worry about Breeze and the 11 fractured ribs. Mm-hmm. That's concerning for me moving forward. He'll get cleared to play. How he plays will be a different conversation. But Mina Kimes did say something about why she thinks Drew Breeze will be first. It's because of the Saints' defense. And she gave this us a great nugget, Zubin. I know you love nuggets. I do. Um, since week nine, the Saints' defense has only given up two touchdowns and they've had nine interceptions. That's pretty absurd when you think about the level of intensity that their defense could bring.
1: We want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888, 888 729 of these three NFC quarterbacks. Who's the most likely to win their second Super Bowl this season, Rodgers, Breeze, or Wilson? If you want to hear from Mina and her thoughts on the NFL, that's going to be on... Hour three of the podcast, which is available and you can download them wherever you get podcast let's see what the early results are here from the twitter nation 62 percent saying A-A-Rod. rogers how about that and this is funny if you weren't with us earlier this morning some people were uh, tweeting in some um, afc quarterbacks and realizing that it was an nfc question including key you like this one at tommy Smo. again for those of you just joining us some people <laughs> mistakenly were tweeting in some afc quarterbacks Why are you trying to get key mad zubin at tommy Smo said i admit i didn't listen to the question Sorry, Keyshawn, <laughs> I just answered the question on your survey. He's going Rodgers. Mad for Mizzou, says Breeze, one last run before he's but done. But wait,
3: he said he didn't listen to it, but he answered it on the survey. You saw it. <laughs> like, you saw it say NFC, not AFC on the survey. Like, hey, whatever. He said he's sorry. Don't continue to reppin' him. Yeah, yeah but, I, but, but no, I'm not reppin' him. I don't even know the dude, but I just get tired of the, the – the, what do you call it? Trolls? The trolls. Yeah, the trolls and the negativity. And then you go and you throw out AFC.
1: 888, say ESPN, 888 Look, all these guys, Canton Legacy, the five years is up, and the first minute after five years, somebody's going to call them and say, welcome to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What's the size of your gold jacket? But, Key, Jay, who needs this more, not to cement their legacy, it's already cemented, to burnish it. Not cement it, burnish it. Rodgers- Breeze Wilson. Burnish key. I, I think, you know, I almost feel
3: like. Russell will because Rodgers and Breeze are going to have record numbers. Their mm-hmm. numbers are going to be so gaudy. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's numbers aren't going to, he's going to be playing catch up for so long at that position. So, If you get two Super Bowl wins and three appearances, which he should already have two Super Bowl wins, thanks a lot, Bevel. Um, And and so when you you look at it, I I think it's – I honestly think it's Russell Wilson because Aaron Rodgers would like to have another one because it it doesn't feel right, right, for him. He said that. It, It doesn't feel good to not have two when a lot of other guys that you probably better than have multiples and so I, I i would just say it's russell wilson because breeze got every damn category going
0: i i almost would just say breeze because of the way it's went down the last couple of times like as you know i, I know you want to root for everybody russ aaron but especially the way you said it what like an hour two key the blind ref uh just the way things went down for drew breeze i want to see him Complete it, like I I I root for him to complete it because he's been so close so many times.
3: Yeah, but the the, the, okay. So here, Drew Brees owns whatever, however many records that they're in in, from a quarterback that they are in the NFL. He owns them all, and if he doesn't own them, he's close to owning them. Where Aaron Rodgers is close to owning them as well. Russell Wilson is so far behind that a ring, another ring, kind of. It, it it cements something, right? I mean, it's just – that's the way I feel about it. I mean, all three are going into the Hall of Fame. Of course. It's not, like,
0: Russ is 32 years old. I mean, I, I don't know how old Aaron Rodgers is. But 36, it, I 36?
3: believe. 36, 37. He just had his birthday. Yeah, 37, 37 years old. And
0: Drew Brees is in the 40s. So, I you feel like you know Russ is going to have a little bit more time.
3: That's what I'm saying. He's got He's going to catch him, but Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere for the next eight years. I mean, that's he, he'll be around – How did he come up with Eight. Because I just, just he's going to re-sign, he's going to get five, then somebody's going to give him three just because. they going to just give you – man that's the way it works in the NFL. I've always wanted to coach him. You know, I got a new job. I was the quality control guy when he was a puppy. Now I'm running the Las Vegas Raiders. He's coming to play for me. I've always wanted to coach him. I'm going to give you a bunch of money. He's 37, Zubin. 37, 37.
1: Breeze is 41. We'd love to hear from you. Who do you think? Is it going to be Rodgers, Breeze, or Wilson? Who's got the best chance of those three NFC quarterbacks to win their second Super Bowl this season? A-Rod, as we have discussed on the show, has openly said, I need a second, yeah. which is interesting. I mean, I, I like that introspection. I need a he He's got nothing to prove, of course, as well, but oh, he's like.
3: But it but it, it feels better when you have two when you're him because you've played for so long, you're going to smash so many records and you only have one. It's almost like, okay, I got it early and I haven't been back and I haven't won again. That's, you
0: know, know, the mentality of the greats. It's never enough. Like when people ask me about my, and I'm not putting myself in a great category, I'm just saying, when people ask me about my college career and they're like, well, you know, what are are your takeaways? I automatically go to, well, we lost to a team both years in the Sweet 16 that got to the national championship game. Like I don't go back to the time that we won it because I wanted to win too. I want to win three. Like, that's how the greats will always think about their legacy because that's what makes them great. It keeps them motivated.
1: Do you guys sort of feel as though at this particular point when you look at a guy like Breeze, I mean, (laughs) this could be – I mean, this question is only for 2020. This is only a this year question. But it just sort of feels like, look, he's got a two-year deal. He's about halfway through it, Uh, if not now – then when? The weapons are there. Thomas is there. Kamara is there. Somebody's going to take advantage of him. Drew's time to take advantage of them, though, appears to be running short just with his age and the fact that he's got his post-football life already planned.
3: If, if I'm a betting man, I see Drew Brees in 2021. If I'm a betting man, I'm putting the money that he'll be right. back in 2021. To fill 2021.
1: out the second year of his two-year deal, right? Yeah, of course. Even, even if he
3: wins the Super Bowl, I still see him coming back. You know, guys get to the end. And it feels like you have to talk them into coming back. You didn't. He wants to take some time off. He wants to make it sensationalize it. I don't know if I what I want to do. Well, I'm, I'm 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 gonna get go with my family away.
1: We'll. He wants to play football, man. That's what he does for a living. Hit us up at Key J and Z. We'll take your suggestions all day long, even well after the show ends. Love to have your opinion. Love to talk a little bit about the biggest story in college football right now by far. The rules are clear until, of course, they potentially change them. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. It's a pleasure to be joined on the Shell Pennzoil performance line by Cardale Jones, the former national championship winning quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And Uh I know you look at everything objectively, Cardale for sure, but at the end of the day, when people hear the word Cardale Jones, they're going to think, yep, National championship winner for the Buckeyes. Make the case for the Buckeyes that if they don't play another game with this Michigan game being called off, as everyone knows, yesterday, make the case for the Buckeyes to make the playoff.
4: Oh, for sure, man. First of all, thanks for having me, guys, this morning. And, I mean, clearly only played five games a small sample size, but Ohio State is clearly the top four, one of the top four teams in the country. I know they got a small sample size, but they got a the great team, great coaching staff, and some of the best players in college football
5: right now.
3: So the Big Ten uh, championship is canceled for whatever reason. Does they st- do they still deserve a spot? Did they do enough? They have only played five games. Twelve gauge.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when I think about the college football playoff, man, I think about. The top dogs, I think about the best teams, and I think about who's going to be the biggest draw, who's going to bring in the most amount of money. Ohio State is definitely in that conversation. It's going to suck to see that they only potentially get in with five games over a potential one-loss Indiana team or things like that. But at this point, man, it's all about trying to recoup some of that money. The Big Ten and the college football has lost from delaying the season and COVID and canceling games all year round. So if you don't have Ohio State in that conversation, that top four, that's a lot more money you're going to lose than you already lost.
3: So so when you talk about the money aspect of college football, and I'm going to bring it to myself, and I'm going to bring it to an undefeated potential undefeated team out west in USC, if you're talking about the big yeah. programs in undefeated, they'll have the same record as Ohio State undefeated, but they're ranked 15th based on the college football system and where it is now. But if it's about money, you want the best programs that can draw the most money, I'm assuming, right?
4: Exactly. Uh, Exactly. And I mean, I don't think this is a year that you if you potentially don't have Ohio State or you potentially screw a SC, you're going to potentially have two SECs and two ACC teams in it. Because I don't see Alabama dropping out the top four, even if they lose in a championship game. And then two and three, Clemson and Notre Dame, they got to play each other again. Are they going to drop out the top four if Notre mean, if Clemson get the win over number two, Notre Dame? So it's just so much uncertainty and we can blame it all on 2020, but it's crazy.
0: <laughs> Cardell, what, what do you think about how the Big Ten as a conference has been handling all this, you know, moving Man. they potentially move the six game minimum to five and just the, the way they got the late start, the things that Kevin Warren has said, just it's in, a, in its entirety.
4: Completely dropped the ball, and I've been saying that from the jump, completely dropped the ball from delaying the season so far back when you had other conferences starting maybe at three weeks outside of the normal starting period, and now you look at the protocols they put in place, which is still to protect the players. But... As a coach, as a staff member of each of these schools, you tell these you tell these players they go out here, and do the right thing, you social distance. You you we already ruined a lot of your college experience by doing all online. And if you go out here and try to stay on these guidelines, you have opportunity to play for the Big Ten championship game. But then you yet you didn't foresee the potentials of multiple games getting canceled. I don't understand why the Big Ten couldn't put in place or or foresee a potential five-win team that didn't have that sixth game. Like, what What should they do? Uh, it just sucks. I think they definitely dropped the ball on this.
3: Even though you think that they dropped the ball, Cordell, they can always move the goalposts, as we've seen. Those rules are oh, not sure. cemented. It was early on that they were making these decisions. So they're meeting today, according to our Heather Denich, that they're going to the – athletic directors are talking about this right now, and if they make the decision to allow Ohio State – into the Big Ten Championship with only five wins, is that the right decision for the conference? Um, For the conference as a whole,
4: it's definitely how bad it's been as a whole, I think it is. But to be fair to Cinderella story this year, as an Indiana, it will not be. Because even – I think they should – find a way for Ohio State to play this weekend, not to automatically give them a bid into the Big Ten Championship game because the teams that's abiding by the rules and have to live the same thing as Indiana, if Ohio State can play, Indiana should represent their side in the Big Ten Championship game. But if we as a conference, as a Big Ten, go back and revoke the six game and say five games, Ohio State automatically end, think about what that's going to do to a program like Indiana who has dealt with just as much adversity as Ohio State and losing their quarterback and going here and play great season and not have an opportunity to play the Big Ten Championship
3: game. So what do you say to the people in Lincoln, Nebraska, who say we wanted to go outside of the conference at the beginning of the season before it started and play anybody, anywhere, anytime, yada, 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 and you wouldn't let us do it. But now you may let Ohio State go outside the conference and play a powerhouse team just so they can get to the sixth win to get into the Big 12 championship as well as qualify Uh, and impress the voters of the CPS, college football playoffs. I
4: mean, but like I said before, it's all about money. Who's going to have a bigger draw, Ohio State and and A&M or Nebraska and A&M? But granted, Nebraska, they they, they wanted this at the beginning of the season, which was something I totally agree with, too. You know, whatever, if the two teams from out of conference, you know, both had games canceled, they don't have any COVID issues in their program, why can't they play each other? You know, so I agree with them. But, you know, the decisions will be made today. And I can foresee it being beneficial to Ohio State, and it might not look fair to a lot of other schools and a lot of other teams around the country. But at the end of the day, the college football playoff needs Ohio State in the top four.
1: You know, I got to ask you about your personal experience. We're talking to Cardell Jones, the national championship winning quarterback at Ohio State. As a Buckeye, as a true blue Buckeye, what does it mean, A, to have the game canceled with your arch rival, and B, Cardell, I mean, America got to know you courtesy of the Big Ten championship game, right? And now that's off the yeah. table for the Buckeyes. What are your personal thoughts on that? I mean, you are as intertwined with the Big Ten championship game in Ohio State as anybody.
4: Yeah, it sucks. Because first and foremost, these guys go to Ohio State to play and beat the team up north. And for them to have, not have an opportunity to get another pair of gold pants, that has got to be devastating and heartbreaking to them. It's like, you know, this game has been played for 100-plus consecutive years, and for us not to have that opportunity to play this game this year is, is still unreal. I mean, it was already weird, you know, not playing this game after Thanksgiving and looking forward to a week or two later and still not have an opportunity to play this game. Man, I, I can only imagine what those guys are doing, especially having the not having an opportunity to play in a Big Ten championship game because we preach – I know something we preached when Coach Mario was there that put yourself in a position to play for, you know, championships in, in November. But now, you know, that's pretty much almost out the window. The window is closed on that. If they don't have an opportunity to play the sixth game, I mean, my, my real question is to Ryan Day, how he keeps these guys motivated and, and, and pretty much sane from – all these ups and downs this
3: season. Let me ask you this before we let you go, Cardell. Speaking of the team up north, what should Michigan do? In, in, and yeah, Ohio State really doesn't care, I'm sure. But what should Michigan do with Jim Harbaugh?
4: Man, that's a... That's a uh, (laughs) – I mean, you want a winning coach with a track record to prove it. And uh, in my personal opinion, I don't think he's proved it. I don't know what he's doing outside of, you know, playing football because it is more about – it's more than about football. So, I don't know how – what type of players he's turning out when it comes to off the field, what type of programs he got going on, the culture. But if you – that's what – if you look at that rivalry, you look at the history of Ohio State and Michigan, that's when that keeps or loses your job, you know, your record and the game. And he haven't won one yet, let alone – I mean, he's barely beaten Michigan State and really haven't had a really good track record versus top programs and top teams. So, in my personal opinion, I think they go in a different direction.
0: Mm. Cardell, I've been hearing Urban Meyer's name uh, looming around Texas job no. uh, or other opportunities. What are your thoughts about <laughs> Urban Meyer coming yeah, back into coaching, into college football?
4: Um, I mean, me personally, I can't see it. Um. But you you never know. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Why Why can't you see? Because I think you know, just having a relationship with Coach Meyer outside of football now, and just really having a chance to know him as a man and and the things that he's doing outside of football. um, I think he's really, really enjoying his life just as much as he enjoyed coaching, motivating, and mentoring young men. So um, he's still having those opportunities to do that, but keeping his health at a at a you know a lot less stress. Than uh you know coaching at the major program.
1: There's no doubt about it. You know him as well as anybody else. He seems to be enjoying his life on television and enjoying his life outside of football, probably for the first time <laughs> in his life. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cardell. Great to have your perspective. We'll see what happens on December twentieth. All right, all right, Cardale.
0: Appreciate me, guys.
1: You know the running joke, of course, in State College and in Columbus and all over the Big Ten is uh, absolutely sign Harbaugh to that extension right now. You think Ohio State That's fans why I wouldn't said Ohio love State just People Jim really Harbaugh. don't care,
3: but you know,
1: <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Just a reminder: I think everybody knows this. Zero and five against. Ohio State. Keyshawn Jables, you've been brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens now. Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com. Straight Talk limitations and exclusions apply. On the way, Kyrie made some comments about LeBron, eh? and LeBron fired back to a podcast. One of those <laughs> podcast hosts joins us next. And wait till you see his connection to the king. That's next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win.
5: But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: So that $85 million deal followed up by AD's $190 million deal. You heard it there from Mike Greenberg and... Christine Lisi, the goal is to play with Bronny. That'll be till 2023. Well, let's just get through 2020 first. Right? We'll see if we can get there at the end of the day. LeBron back in the news. LeBron's always in the news. Let's go into the Wayback Machine for a moment. You might remember Kyrie Irving teaming up with his new teammate, Kevin Durant, on the Ladders podcast, essentially saying not too long ago, remember this, quote, one thing, this is Kyrie speaking, I'm just reciting, quote, one thing I've always been comfortable with, I felt like I was the best option on every team I played for down the stretch. This is the first time in my career I've looked down and be like, that blank can make that shot too, and he'll probably do it a lot easier. Talking about Kevin Durant, just a quick reminder, Kyrie Irving played with LeBron James, and they won the NBA championship in 2016. Our guest that's going to be with us in one minute was along on that team and has some unique perspective. But first, if Kyrie's going to say that, on one podcast, the king responds on Spectrum Sportsnet, the home of the Lakers, and the Road Tripping podcast reacting to Kyrie's comments. Finally,
0: so when I heard the comment that Kyrie made, I, I wanted to one not only find the whole transcript but also call my people. Yeah, send me the whole transcript, and um, and I heard he yeah, had did it on K- Katie's podcast, and um, I was a I was a little I was a little like. Like damn, yeah. Once I got the whole transcript, I was like, damn. You know, I wasn't like, oh, you tripping? I've hit game-winning shots my whole life. I was not like that. I was like, damn, because the whole time while I was there, um, I only wanted to see him be an MVP of our league, and it kind of like it kind of hurt me a little bit.
1: How about some honesty there, cathartic LeBron James? We're joined this morning on the Shell penzoil performance line by ESPN NBA analyst and 2016 NBA champion on that championship team with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Of course, it is Richard Jefferson. Good morning, RJ. I guess the first thing I got to ask you is when LeBron said that and you were right there, I mean, what what did you think?
5: Um, I, I thought it was, it was honest. I think it was a, a rare honest moment. I, I think... Um, you know, this wasn't, this is not like some drama. This is not like guys fighting. It was more of like, hey, like, you know, one of your former teammates said something that wasn't directed at you, but was but was kind of, you know, a lot of people, not assumed it was about you, but was more of like, wow, like he doesn't think this or doesn't think that. Like, what's kind of your take on that when you hear this? Because he was in the middle of the NBA Finals, and I think that was the other part is, when you hear this stuff come out after game two of the NBA final, because inadvertently those type of things can put pressure on, on a player. If Bron misses a shot or you saw him pass to Danny green, all of a sudden the internet and everyone's talking, see, this is what so-and-so is talking about. And he, and so it was just more of, I think the, the statement and the timing, I think that was, a, it was probably like 50, 50, both statements.
0: RJ, Thank you, first off, for waking up early in the morning. I know it's six thirty on the West Coast, uh, and for doing this. But you were part of that team that won that chip. Why is there a weird energy between Kyrie and LeBron?
5: Um, I I honestly, this is this is this is real. Like I understand, um, you know, both players are very very talented. They both just have a a presence about them. But I I really don't know. I, I truly don't know. Um, you know you look at great players you know that have been on teams whether it's Shaq and Kobe you know you've seen conversations now between Pippen and Jordan I think sometimes when you are a great player in your own right sometimes it's just very very I I don't want to say share the spotlight but there's always this like give and take this pull back and forth of you know who is what and and what can I accomplish? And I think Kyrie wants to accomplish stuff on his own. I don't know how much he, you know, enjoys being associated with, you know, being bronze, you know, sidekick or any of that stuff. And and, and I think sometimes you can outgrow those moments. And I, I think that's just, they're just a weird energy. And, and I, I can't really explain it.
0: RJ, but why is it that we find Kyrie continuously in these type of positions? I mean, it just happened again with Media Day with the Nets. He said that he wasn't going to talk to the media, that he was actually potentially going to send a letter in a jokingly manner. Uh, why is this a consistent thing with Kai?
5: I, I Again, I don't know. Like uh, I'm going to be really honest. I really haven't spoken to Kai very, very much. You know, brief conversations over the past couple of years. Um, he, there's no doubt about his talent. There's no doubt about his ability. Um, he's one of the most unique players you know the NBA has ever seen. I think he has the best handle. I think his ability to finish, um, you know, oversize for a guy his size is, it's him, AI. There's only a couple of them. Um, but we don't, he finds himself in these positions, I think, at times because um, I think Guy is a very open-minded free thinker, but he also understands that, whether it's uncle Drew signature shoe by Nike, you know, you know, playing in multiple NBA finals. Like when you are in that spot, it does put you in a position where people hold on to your words. Your words have weight, you know, uncle drew was like the most watched thing on YouTube. It's like, dude, like like he's a superstar. And sometimes, you know, when you're a superstar, you know, your words can get twisted. They can get manipulated, but you also have to understand that your words have a ton of weight. So when you decide that you're going to not talk to the media in New York city, like what part of you think that's going to fly? Like what part of it? Now, listen, you can do the bare minimum. You can do the both teams played hard. You can do the, I'm only here so I don't get fined, but truly what in professional sports over the past 50 years lets you know that you can go into the New York media area and say, yeah, I'm just not talking to the media anymore.
3: Richard, let me ask you this. Cause I didn't play basketball. Obviously I played in New York. I played football. And I feel like I played at a high level and I don't need validation from anybody, but do you think that Kyrie as great as he's been and who he is much to the disparity of the things that you're saying does he need validation? Is that it?
5: Well, first of all, it is so impressive for you to undersell yourself like that, Keyshawn. Just like you know, I, I like to feel like I played at a high level. Man, come on, man, you are a monster. Don't don't all of a sudden be shy. Well, that was more that now. was more
3: for the Twitter trolls that Jay will responds oh, okay. to. That was for the setup, RJ. Oh, okay. You know, to keep yeah, the drama, okay. like, dramatic don't, version. Don't don't in the you
5: setup. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't you dare do that, Keyshawn. But um, no, I. I I don't think it's weird. I think he wants validation, but he doesn't want validation. I think he wants validation, but doesn't want people to know he wants validation, right? It's like he wants to win a championship. So he teamed up with Kevin Durant. I think Kyrie's goals are still to win championships and still to like, you know, go and, and prove that he is, you know, one of the best players on the planet, you know, which I think so. But, he never wants to come out and not necessarily say it, but like, you know, I'm playing with a chip on my shoulder. I'm playing to go and prove to people that like I can be a leader of the team. Like these are, these are not statements, but then you see how he kind of maneuvers and how he goes about things. And let me say this about Kyrie Kyrie has done so, so much for his community. He's done a ton of stuff donating, uh, you know, I I believe over a million dollars to, you know, the WNBA players who set out uh, for social justice. So I'm not going to just sit here and talk about Kyrie, the basketball player. Kyrie the human being has done a ton of things. This is us talking about Kyrie, the basketball player. So, So make no mistake, no one's sitting up here saying Kyrie's bad, Kyrie's this, it's just sometimes he sometimes there are positions that whether the media or himself get put it or put themselves in um, that, that becomes very kind of questionable of like, well, what's going on here?
3: Richard Jefferson, ESPN, NBA analyst, co-host of road trip and us here this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Let me ask you about James Harden, who finally got away from a little baby, got away from Vegas, checked <laughs> in, to the, checked into the Rockets camp but yet and still is demanding a trade to the Nets or the Sixers. What do you make of this?
5: Well, I, you know, it, it's this doesn't look pretty for either side, right? You see when these type of things happen for the Houston Rockets, these things immediately, you know, devalue your asset. And James Harden being a player and a human being, but also being an asset as far as, you know, what he – uh, offers to to other teams and so when you do this now all of a sudden the value goes down now he's still James Hardy still one of the top five players on the planet best scorer on the planet so his value is still sky sky high but um, I don't know there's just a level of, of unprofessionalism I think on James's side you know and there's a level of unprofessionalism on the rocket side you change the coach you change the GM You trade, uh, you know, the star player that was next to him, um, and he requests a trade, and you're like, well, no, we're going to keep you. And it's like, well, wait a second. No, you can't change everything and think that I'm going to be happy and I'm just going to go along with whatever you're doing. Now, he is under contract, and that is something that, you know, as players, you try and do your best to to respect, but – I just think he's he's in a position now where he believes he's done everything he can in Houston and he's ready to move on. I think Houston respectfully should try and get the most that they can. You don't have to rush and do anything, but you should try and do what's best for Houston, not necessarily trading him to the two teams. If someone comes in with an amazing offer and they're willing to woo, we saw it with Toronto – we saw it with Oklahoma City uh, getting Paul George and Toronto getting you know Kawhi Leonard. Whoever comes with the best offer, that's where you send them. Don't send them where he wants to go.
1: Indeed. Uh-huh. That's the way that's it usually up. works. By the way, the NBA regular season is less than two weeks away. December 22nd. It's already the ninth. Key, you got something real quick? No, I was going to
3: tell him we're going to wake him up at 4 a.m. tomorrow.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I was like, yo, I'm a little offended it's taking y'all this long to have me on. But it's cool.
3: Well, I I don't do the bookings. That's Jay Will. Jay Will does all nah. the basketball bookings. Be yeah. careful uh,
0: what
5: you ask uh, for, uh, RJ. Uh, listen, man. You know, you know I ride with you guys, man. I love the show, man. I'm excited for all of you guys.
1: Thank appreciate you. Brother. appreciate it. See? Yeah. That's Richard Jefferson on the shell peninsula. At Zoyal least he likes it. <laughs> we got one. You got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. On the way, they're one of the most legendary programs in all of college football. They have never made the playoff. But if they can finally make it this year, it might change their fortunes forever. Woo, USC, let's go. Jeez. Perhaps, or perhaps someone else. We'll unveil it next on ESPN Radio.
0: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for
3: every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer.
1: So one more thing before we let you go on a little college football. And I think we know for the last several years, whenever LSU and Alabama get together, the world stops. The college football world stops to watch them. This last Saturday, obviously, LSU could not stop Alabama. But if you're old enough to remember this rivalry, right around the time Keyshawn Johnson was a college football star, there was another game last Saturday that barely got the attention of LSU and Alabama. And it's a shame. And that game is between the Florida Gators and the Vols of Tennessee. Florida won 31-19. Key, I don't need to tell you, when you were playing college football out in the Pac-10 back then, Mm -hmm. the biggest game in the SEC by far, by a mile, was not Alabama and LSU. It wasn't Alabama and Auburn. By far, the biggest game in the SEC when Key was a stud in college football more than 20 years ago was Florida and Tennessee, and there was no close second. Can you agree on that at the moment? Absolutely, 100. So now, because of everything that's happened with Florida, with Ron Zook, with Will Muschamp, everything that's happened with Tennessee, really post-Philip Fulmer, they're in a complete nosedive at the moment with Jeremy Pruitt. It's a shame, because Florida this year has risen to amazing heights. Remember the Florida Gators were the team, the program that changed the way football is played in football's best conference. When Steve Spurrier arrived... On the scene in Gainesville, he was, remembered the former Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback at the University of Florida in 1966. 30 years after that, the Gators won the national championship with Spurrier on the sideline using something called fun and gun. Key, you remember fun and gun?
3: Spit it out. Riddell Anthony, Jaco S. Green.
1: Right. We're throwing it. It's not three yards in a cloud of dust. It's not mano a mano. We're throwing it. We're changing the best league in football. They've also had the most accomplished player of the last 25 years, the most decorated player. Whether you like him or not, whether you think he was a good pro or not, it's no doubt when you have a three-time Heisman finalist and winner in Tim Tebow. And now it's all coming together for the Gators. Who's their head coach? Dan Mullen. What was he doing the last time he was in Gainesville? Working as the offensive coordinator for Tim Tebow. The last successful coach they had before Mullen? urban Meyer, but the way urban Meyer left is the reason Spurrier will always be number one. Even though Meyer has won twice as many titles as Spurrier Spurrier's Florida through and through Meyer to many is a mercenary tomorrow at 8, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll have Kyle Trask on. He's Florida's latest great quarterback. He's a Heisman trophy candidate. He didn't even start in high school and he's a Heisman trophy candidate for the university of Florida. Florida has a chance to get into the playoff by doing one thing, beating Alabama and saying, we got the best win of the college football season by far, and I don't care who is second. And the road to get there for the Gators is simple. They got two games left against the best team in college football last year, LSU, knock them off. And then the best team this conference has seen in a decade plus run for Saban. If Florida can get it done key, and they have one loss, but the best win of the season, and they make the playoff for the first time since the playoff began in 2014, you got to put Florida right up there with Alabama and LSU. Forever, it's been a two-team conference with a lot of close thirds, fourths, and fifths. Florida gets this thing done, it's three at the top. Any
3: thoughts? No, oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to keep going. Well, nice my story. This story no, time. No, I, was, I, I was listening to Uncle Zuma. No, it, it, if they – if they clip Florida, I mean, clip Alabama, then Florida deserves to be in that conversation for sure in that final four. There's no question about it. I mean, they just
1: do. They are a legendary program I, I, that has fallen, and this is the best way to get right back up.
0: I mean, I look, if they if they clip Alabama, they will be in the college football playoffs. I think to the bigger picture, Zubin, of what you're bringing up is that all of a sudden they get thrusted, and Dan Mullen gets, gets thrusted into that elite of the elite category, But I also say this, sustainability is very important now because look what we just saw with LSU. Last year having that phenomenal year, Joe Burrow, all the hype that comes along with it, and then the drop-off. So the question then becomes for Coach Mullins is, can you sustain that? Alabama has sustained it. Steve Spurrier sustained it for a long time. What's your sustainability?
1: And to Uh, his uh, point, I was just going to say, Keith, that's the reason he left Mississippi State, right? Because he was at Mississippi State before, for those that aren't aware. The resources are great there, but it's hard to recruit. And if you can't sustain it, remember he was Dak's coach, Dak Prescott's coach when he was at Mississippi State at the Cowboys Superstar, of course. Um, And that's why he went to Florida, because to Jay's point, everything you need there is in place to to sustain.
3: It's easy to recruit there. It's a a program. When you talk about the LSUs and the Alabamas, you can talk about Florida. You can't talk about LSU, Alabama, and Mississippi State. It's like Mississippi State – every 15 years they have a decent season. Well, in this situation, Florida is continuously recruiting the rich areas of Florida, but it's a national brand. Kids aren't looking at the Florida logo and saying, I don't want to visit Florida, as if in Mississippi State they looked at that logo no matter who the coach was, and they're like, yeah, I'm not really trying to go to Mississippi to play my football. And he was smart enough to know that, realize that, and get out of there. And I think when you talk about historics, it's Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer – and, and you talk about Alabama and what they've been able to accomplish. They're close. It's not quite Alabama, mm-hmm. but they're close. They're building. He can go into anybody's living room now with that
1: gator on his chest right. and kids will listen. Wait, Kyle Trash didn't start in high school? He did not start in high school. He did not start in high school. And remember, he would not have even been Florida's quarterback. Last year, Florida played Kentucky. And Florida's quarterback was a guy named Felipe Franks. You might have heard of him. He's now at Arkansas Arkansas. now. They can tell you how much they think about him. Grad transfer but let him stay in the conference, which you can do. (laughs) Kentucky plays Florida. Felipe Franks injures his ankle Saturday night game on ESPN. And because of that injury, that's why Trask became the starter. We'll talk to him about it tomorrow at 8, 10 a.m. Here in our final minute, Florida is a legendary program that hasn't made it. Nebraska is a legendary program that seems so far away. Michigan has not made it. Their, Texas has not made it. And, Key, how long until SC has to make it?
3: Well, I think, I think you know, one of the big things with SC is, I, and I'm sincere about this, I think there's just this, this cloud that hovers over the program still about Pac-12. They don't really take us serious even though you put these other teams in front of us and the last time we got in front of one of those teams we got a ran out of texas stadium and that was against alabama so i think a lot of people still remember that and don't think we quite ready
1: well said tomorrow morning we'll be joined by kyle trask we'll see you then
3: well actually it was urban meyer in the bowl thanks for listening to Keyshawn j will and zubin
0: make sure to subscribe rate and review you can hear the show live weekdays at 6 eastern on espn
3: radio espn news or wherever you stream your audio